We are creating a platform for those who are curious, one that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is the Working Artist Project. Today I'm doing things a little different. I'm going to take you guys on a sound journey. We're going to listen to songs and discuss the impact they have had on our lives. Helping me with this monumental task is the one and only Noah Jackson. Noah's loving energy and honest vibrations make him the perfect co-pilot for this journey. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the adventure. Basically, we're going to go on a timeline. We're going to go on a mission of music today. We're going to play a little snippets of, of, of different songs, and then we're going to talk about them and discuss how those songs affected our lives and the memories that we have from those, you know? What do you think about that? Sounds good to me, man. Sounds good to you. You're so cool, man. Sounds good to me, man. Like the other side of the pillow, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Check this one. We're going to start, start out right here. Don't let I love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me speed this up. Radio station uh, back in Mississippi, Soft Soul Kixie 107 FM. Make me feel like I'm in the backseat of my mama's car right now, you know? Hand out the window, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> think about that as i feel good you know uh as i mentioned to you before we start recording that uh that early 90s progression that's like that's like home I mean, every time i hear that i'm just like yeah i have that same exact feeling you had you know being in the back right, seat right. of the car right. you know <laughs> do, right do, do, do. it's like you know <laughs> let's make it last <laughs> you know music is funny man because you know we we play music obviously for a living and we and we go on this journey every day and people classify us as like one type of musician but mm. there's so much music that we were bombarded with from the time we were in the womb up until this point you know and we we subconsciously pull from all of those things you know what i mean right and and for me this particular song is is kind of important it it kind of just set the tone of what was happening in my mother's car mm. you, you know this and gospel music and you know, like funk and soul, that was like what mm-hmm. was happening for me, you know, from 1985 until 2003 when I left my mother's house. Yeah, and and it's funny too because we don't even think about those kind of moments having such a big influence to how we hear music, but it really does, right? Because a lot of times people ask you, well, how do you develop pocket? Or how do you develop certain mm-hmm. musical concepts? And there are certain things that you you can explain, but you can't quite explain. Like you basically feel the groove that you hear as like a soundtrack of your life. So right, exactly. when, I, when people ask me that those kind of questions, I'm like, well, what are you listening to? What have you listened to? Right, right. You know, and that will inform like how your concept of where your beat is or how you express yourself in your in your artistry. Yeah, I want to get. It. I want to get to one of yours. Let's check this out. <laughs> Y'all know what this is. Mm-hmm. And if you're a bass player, you really know what this is. Right. <laughs> or you should. Right. Come on now. Music is 
<laughs> this is Steve Van Jones too, right? If yeah, I recall. Yeah, man. I feel like on all of these recordings, Stevie is like he—he's kind of just on drums, right? Yeah, but yeah. like that simple—that simple pocket though. It's kind of like, corny, but I dig it. Is he play the same groove on every song? If you check it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sing it, everybody. Right. Yeah. See, this song has um, a... Well, really, the, the whole album has a particular significance uh, based upon where I came from. Um, I'm from Detroit, Michigan, and a lot of his songs and Bismotan in general is such an such an iconic part of just growing up in mm-hmm. Detroit and or an iconic part of just Detroit in general and its identity. So you can't really escape the vibe. Right. And I think a lot of how I became informed into Groove and Pocket came from Motown music, like unquestionably. You asked a lot of bass players to come out of Detroit who their biggest influences are, and yeah. there's, like, two answers. What's that? There's, like, Paul Chambers and James Jamerson. Damn. And That's kind of deep. Yeah. And you can ask, and, and many times it's both. Okay. And not a lot of times, you know, people, you know, you hear the same answer all the time, but there's a reason why, like, the serious cats will say, like, James Jamerson is, like, probably one of, if not the best musicians that ever existed. Because right, right. the pocket and groove, you know, he came up with that, like on the spot, but he has such a good feel. Mm-hmm. He just kind of absorbed that into our own playing. So, so uh, especially a song like that. I don't know how many times I played that song and messed up right. the break section. I, I remember this song just like being in high school and like learning that riff was like a big deal for mm-hmm. Cash. You know, it's just like man, being in a practice room. All right, guys, we gotta we gotta deal with this. And like, we gotta play this. Like Stevie, any Stevie song was kind of iconic and very important for us to learn, even as young young musicians coming up. You know what I mean? Because they had yeah. chord changes. Yeah. You know? And a lot of the music on the radio didn't necessarily have complicated chord changes. And especially with Stevie's music in general, like, there's always these really tricky progressions and chords, but it felt normal because right. of, you know, the words that he was saying and the groove. And mm-hmm. everything. And also, I think something, before we go to the next song, there's something that I think people don't really consider is that that song came out probably... 20 some odd years prior when we started learning it which is not a lot of time if you think about it Mm -hmm. and so for it to have this that kind of freshness then and now kind of speaks to that no for sure like a lot of a lot of the motown music like anything like from the temptations to the jackson five to steve like all of those people their music is timeless Smokey Mm -hmm. robinson Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you listen to it you're like damn it's, it's grooving now Mm-hmm. You, you know what you I mean. You put that on and you feel good. Yeah, you feel good, man, and that's why people like it because it's, it's, it makes you feel good. I feel good already. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's it, music is something, man. It's something. I, I know for me, like, you know what? I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna play this next song in in uh, you know, it, it's by Tony Braxton, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like 
this kind of thing. Was Resident like, Contralto. You're right. It, it was just like in my house, man. You know, my mom must have been like, my pop must have been breaking hearts or something, man. You know? Oh, you know? yeah. Hmm. Like, check the groove. Yeah, man, like this, just this, this right here was like serious in my house, you know, like hmm. my mom had all of this kind of stuff, Tina Turner, Tony Braxton, TLC, mm. you know, Mary J, Mary J Blige, you know, yeah. you, you know, it, maybe every black mama had these <laughs> records, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it was, it, it was, man, I never thought about it growing up, it was just grooving in the car, you know, just because. In Mississippi, we drove a lot. Pretty much, pretty sure the same thing for y'all in Detroit, yeah. you know. So a lot of times you miss listening to music in the car on the way to school, on the way to church, or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. event you were going to, you know. With listening to seven whole nights on the way to church, you know, it's just like, well, we probably was listening to some gospel on the way to church. We're gonna get to that a little later on, but we were probably definitely listening to some gospel on the way to church, you know. Yeah. On Sundays, you gotta listen to gospel. That's just what it is, man. But some but Richard this, Smallwood. Right. But I did, got you. did you did you hear this song growing up? You know, um, it took me a little bit later to to listen to that. Um, uh, my parents are of a different generation. In fact, today's my mom's birthday. Oh, cool! Happy birthday, mom! Yeah, yeah. She's you know right old age of okay. But she uh, a Capricorn like me. My birthday was two days ago, <laughs> so she she I'm with that. Yeah, and my dad's <laughs> my dad's birthday was on the ninth. So oh wow, yeah. So wow, that's crazy. Two Capricorns in one house. Grounded. How did you survive that? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> But I brought that up because, uh, you know, uh, I kind of had to look at, uh, listen, look for that music on my own. Right. Uh, a lot of my friends, going over to my friend's house, oh. I would hear that. So anytime I hear, you know, Tony Braxton, Mary J. Blige, it makes me think of going over my friend's house while she's smoking way too many capris and like oh, watching Lord. Power Rangers after school. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Dude, Power Rangers was was Power Rangers legit, was the deal, though. man. People, man, come on now. Power Rangers was that deal. You know, I was all about that. Everyone tried to rock with the Red Ranger though, but I want to be Blue Ranger because I was a nerd too. Okay, now I want to surprise y'all with this next one. This is this, right. this is another one of yours, Noah. You can mm-hmm. tell me what what this makes you makes you feel. Hmm. This seat now a lot of people might have a. I'm gonna let this rock for a second. Let this rock. Let it rock. There's too many of you to cry. Yo. (laughs) Brother, brother, brother. There's far too many of you die. Making me think about next week. You know what I'm saying? You know we. Oh shit, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Look, man. I'm just gonna turn this back up on that one. Keep that baseline though. We don't need to escalate. You know, the funny thing, this song right here, 
I got this friend in New Orleans. His name is Michael Watson, and, and we when I first moved to New Orleans, we used to play this song, and, and so whatever. And he kind of looks like Marvin, you know, he got like a big <laughs> afro, he's tall and skinny, and uh, it it just reminds me of him. And also, I just came back from Doha Guitar. We were doing this song with Gregory Jenneray, you know, and he was mm. he was just murdering this song, man. Smirking it. Just murdering it, dude. And it's just like the whole vibe, like everything was just perfect about it, man. It's just one of those things that's, that's super grooving. I don't I don't really have a, a memory from childhood of listening to this, although I'm sure I heard it on the radio in my mom's car or, or at home oh, yeah. or something, you know. You know. I probably had it on you know, back in the day we had tapes, so I would tape would tape the radio when your song came on. Mm. And make your mixtapes that way. Yeah, yeah. you make your mixtapes, you know. Play it for your girl. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, this song actually has a dual meaning for me. So obviously the whole growing up, you know, in Detroit thing, that's just like, that's it. I mean, it's nothing more to be said. However, the other meaning of this song is my first car. Oh, yeah. I I, I bought, uh, I think when I pulled it out, out the lot, went to the store and... Uh, I look for a CD just to pop in a car, just to right, kind of right, feel gotta, something, you know. You got to see what's happening. See what's, <laughs> <laughs> it's on the right around. It's right. just cruise, right? It's like, okay, look, I'm, I'm an adult now. At least I thought so at the time. Right, of course. And so, <laughs> so I put uh, the whole CD in, and as opposed to half a CD, right? right. <laughs> and uh, man, it just if there's something about putting that album on, like top to bottom. All oh, the way yeah. through, yeah, and you're just cruising down, you know, down uh, 96 for my Detroit peeps, <laughs> and uh, man, it's, that's that's where it's at. I mean, that's the feel good right there. I was like, man, life is good. I got my car with my own money, you know. I'm out oh, you bought you bought your own car? I bought my own car. Man, wow, you want to want ahead of me? Well, that's all right there. Well, life's a marathon, right? <laughs> Not a my, life, life is indeed a marathon, my man. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this that song in particular, like all his music is like soul music. I, I mean, I don't I don't know if that's the correct term for it, but that's at least how I feel about what what it's called. You know. But what is soul though? Well, you know, soul is soul. I don't I don't have a real definite definition for what soul is. You know, I don't know if I've ever actually thought about that. It's a feeling. You know, it's like well, that feeling. You do. You are right. There it is, folks. Noah Jackson just gave you the definition of soul. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> now let's let's change gears. I want to go to a different genre. Like a few minutes ago, we mentioned some gospel and and me growing up in Mississippi in the Bible Belt. You know, religion was very important. You know, from my grandmother, my mother, everybody in my family. We, I mean, I, I feel like we went to church seven days a week, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh so, yeah. This this song right here has a lot of meaning to me. Uh, just, just hearing this and and every day, you know what I mean, and just being in church. Just this intro. Come on now. Young people, mm. there's nothing wrong with dancing for Jesus. But we can't forget where we come mm. from. More specifically, man, I was I don't know if y'all <laughs> just. <laughs> But when I was growing up, I was on the mime team at church, you know. <laughs> with the white gloves. Yeah, with the white gloves and the painted faces. And, and this was one of the songs that we used to do. We used to perform to it or whatever. So it's kind of like, and I remember, I know this being in church and playing drums in church and being on the mime team in church and on the prayer team and on the, in the choir. And everything we were involved in taught me how to tap into the spiritual side of myself when playing music, when doing anything, when having a conversation with my friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And no matter what your religious affiliations are i think that that's important for you to reach down 
to to try to tap into the creator or the universe or whatever you want to call it, God, whatever. To establish a connection between the physical and the metaphysical. Exactly. Because it's real life out here, folks. I mean, it gets real. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, well. Now, if you place the Holy Ghost with the girl, you, you know it's kind of it's kind of the same thing, right? It is, it's, yeah. It's kind of the same thing, like you know, the other people, the soul music's talking about women and this and that, and, but with the same amount of intensity as these mm-hmm. people talk and sing about God, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, man, really, it's all the same, man. It's all the same. It's really all the same. And it's funny, especially in the black community, how integral church is to to how you move about our country mm-hmm. you know i mean we, we can go a whole different tangent i won't but uh even if if you're a person who doesn't necessarily subscribe to that especially as a black person in america you can't help but have some kind of connection to it and some kind of connection to what spirituality is because right, it's right, an right. important part of that but but yeah man i totally hear you just that whole Sunday morning going to church, Bruh. setting the vibe. Yeah, for the Sunday four hour morning, four hour service. Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I guess I was lucky. I only did Sunday and Friday. You know, but the thing is, I also played drums at church, so I had to go to choir rehearsal. And yeah, we had prayer meetings, and you know, then by the time you go to mind team practice, and then you go to Sunday school, you know what I mean. All of a sudden, you at church four or five days a week. You know. Mm-hmm. But it, it was good for me, man. It kept me out of a little bit of trouble, and, and, it, and it put me in touch with my spiritual Real being. Real quick, wherever Mississippi are you from? Jackson, Mississippi. That's right. The capital, the biggest city in Mississippi, which don't mean much. It's, it's all <laughs> right. That's what it is. You know, my family came out of Duncan, Mississippi. I don't see. I never heard of it. Where? See, it's it's small. It's podunk. <laughs> okay, it's out there in the, in the woods. You in know? the gut bucket. Okay. Yeah. Man, you, you know, one interesting thing about you is you, you know, you you are well versed musically, so you're not only into soul, you're not only into gospel, but you also got this classical background. I do. You know, I want to play some some classical music for you and for my listeners, and I want to see what that how that makes you feel. Get hip, y'all. Okay, so <laughs> um, I started my musical 
journey actually in the church uh that's what exposed me to uh what real music was and i didn't realize how bad my organist was uh she used to play a lot of bad as in good as in good yes we we gotta translate for the (laughs) non-musicians in the room yes bad (laughs) as in she was very very good she's very skilled (laughs) at her craft uh, she would play a lot of early 20th century music and, and often go back to Baroque music. Took a second grade field trip to the Detroit Symphony Orchestra and watch. Actually, I'll save that story for later for, I think, another tune that we have coming up. But uh, this uh, particular song um, was one of the first ones I checked out and listened to when I picked up the cello. And uh, I remember like like studying for for class and it's like a rainy day. And one of those, like, cool, like, cozy, like, mid-fall days. And, like, the leaves are, are like, kind of sort of falling. Oh, man, the smell the air. this is exactly what this sounds like, too, you know? It's yeah. Just like, it's just, like, kind of crisp outside, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're like, damn, man, the summer's gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then, it, but here's the funny part, though. When you start learning your mm-hmm. instrument and you start playing it and really get into, like, the meat and potatoes of it, then you start taking taking the interpretation to your own. Right, right. And you add right. your own personality, and that's where it gets really greasy. And so, like... And so, what did you... What, who, so, you got introduced to classical music at school? You know, I was fortunate to be in a school system that uh, had did a pilot program where we, they introduced the kids to string instruments, and they oh, did wow. an after-school string program, and then the, the, t- the teacher put a cello, you know, to me, and played an open D string. If you notice, for all music people, it's in D minor. Uh, so there's a correlation. <laughs> there's a but right. that was my very first note that I ever played was an open was a D. D string. Wow. I, I don't know why I remember that, but that's what hooked me. I just knew immediately that that's what I needed to do. I, don't I know if you knew this about me, but I used to play violin, and I was very terrible at it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame me, it's hard. Right. So, you know. I admire anybody who could make these instruments sing because it's very difficult. Oh, yeah. And chick stick cello. Yeah. Let's listen to just a little bit more of this, man. I'm digging it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the end. beautiful thing about music is man it's always emotional yeah you know musician we're the most sensitive people on this freaking planet man like everything sensitive we feel every vibration and and just from that last piece you could tell you just man what was the cat feeling when he wrote it man you know he's he had a hard life man he lost a lot of children yeah you know he died poor uh j.s bach for those who who are unfamiliar right but uh, but yeah, man, it's it's transparent. To be good at music, you have to be transparent with your humanity, mm. at least in my opinion. Mm. And I think that's where the journey is: is where you learn your instrument to a point where you don't let that anything get in the way between you and your creative vibe. There it is, man. You got to get out your own way, like Terrence Blanchard said that. Yes, right. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> man, I want to play. I want to play one about love, man. All right, but we're gonna we're gonna go over to jazz now because y'all y'all haven't heard nothing. We jazz musicians, <laughs> at least sometimes. 
you know. <laughs> and me and Noah plays bass. I play the drums, so we got a special connection, you know. We kind of married. It's kind of weird, you know. We we both, you know, we're not, you know, we kind of married because the the way we the way that the intimacy that we have to share on stage is kind of serious, you know. You know, it's a bond that pe- yeah. that you can't quite explain, but it's right. there. It's, def- it's definitely a certain level of intimacy there. Yeah. Okay, we always negotiating. You know, it's like all <laughs> it's like a marriage. It's like man, like okay. You, I usually get my way. You well, yeah, this is true. And, and the thing is, we fill in the gaps. Like if one cat is, oh no, nah, man, you on the other side, man. Like you know, like, come on. Anyway, so yeah, right. y'all pay, kind of pay attention to 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 that relationship in this next one. Uh, right. <laughs> you can never go wrong with this one, can you? Every time. Every time. <laughs> Check out that bass drum relationship. Elvis like, wait, there it is. <laughs> you can't see us now, but we both have like the biggest smiles on our faces. Right. It's quite nice. I gotta turn this one up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Right, we'll be out here all day just listening to this one. This one album, really. Yeah, this whole man. The thing about this particular record, we won't even just talk about the song. Is like, for me, I thought this this was jazz to me. When you get to a certain point, you took the words straight out my mouth. Yeah, this is it. Like every night, (laughs) I'm 16. I'm in my room. Like this, I'm gonna do this every night. I'm going to New York, and this is I'm gonna miss it. I don't know how I'm gonna get there. I'm going to do this every night right here with my friends. And, like, I'm just going to be, like, every night is going to be like this, man. Mm. You know? Oh, man. I think to, to, to add on to your, to your vibe, I remember hearing that for the first time when I was starting to learn jazz music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the late, great, uh, uh, I'm having a brain fart right now. This is horrible. You talk, trumpet Marcus, player? Marcus, uh, Marcus Belgrave. Oh, Marcus Belgrave. Marcus okay. Belgrave. Uh, he passed away recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, he introduced us to a lot of music, and that was one of them. And uh, uh, a drummer friend of mine, Lawrence Leathers. Oh yeah. He played. Shout a out lot. to Lawrence. Shout out to Lawrence. <laughs> he played. Uh, he was a mentor of that program. He played a live version of uh, Branford's group oh, yeah, playing yeah, yeah, yeah. Love Supreme, which is the only good interpretation after this one, in my opinion, too. Well, I agree with you. Uh, but, uh, this is, this is jazz. This is my concept. Right. The, the pocket and the vibe and elasticity and the spirit. Right. 
right. and that music, man, like I want that every time. I think I think the thing that's connecting every one of these songs, even though we're skipping genres, is the emotion that's behind every note that's being played, every note that's being sung. And it's right on Front Street too, right? Yeah. Like it's undeniable, like where the energy is. Right. You can feel it. You can right. feel pull. Like right. I feel different now than I did in the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, because he's, he's pulling you a certain way. If y'all yeah. don't know, we, the name of this is a, a Love Supreme. I'll put all of the, in the show notes or whatever, I'll, I'll put all of the songs that we played and, you know, and everything like that so y'all can check them out for yourself. Let me just turn this back up. Sometimes I want to sit in a dark room. Right? This vibe. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, there's so much you can do to this. Well, look, that right there. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's so heavy, man. Yeah. It's so heavy. Wow. That's so heavy. <laughs> man, you know what after that one we we gonna I, I wanna I wanna play something. You know man. Yeah, I wanna I wanna play something like I I wanna play something from yours because that was kinda mine. But that was kinda both of ours because we share we shared that. Yeah, right, we, yeah. we share that one for sure. Let's take it back to Detroit. Mm. Hear the words, y'all. Where Bernadette at? That's my mom. That's your mom? Am I her, saying her Bernadette? Bernadette? Yeah. Now, you know what did your mama know? <laughs> well, you know, she's a bad woman. Right, right. He was not playing like Bernadette. Where you at? You know, you snooze, you lose, bro. Right. Uh, but I picked that song for many different reasons. Okay. You know, people often quote that song to my mom just to you know mess with her. Mm-hmm. But also the words to that song, yo, like that's where is that kind of love these days, man? Right. Right. You know, that's that's a pure, like, you know, you talk about, like, emotions and vibe and whatnot, but just being a man being vulnerable without, like, looking like a punk. You right, know what I mean? Right, like, right, this right. is like, yo, I just want you. And I just I love, want you, babe. I love the envy <laughs> in other men's eyes. Like, right. yo, that's what's up. And also, too, man, the bass line is... It's killing. What? Then they did the break, then the voices come in with a... It's, it's <laughs> like, shit is bad, dude. Oh, perfectly produced. Perfectly, perfectly pro- produced. It's, I mean, it's complete with everything you want, but but, but that baseline, though. The, the great thing about, the, well, we're in New York City, y'all, so we, we hear all the sirens in the background. Vibe, y'all, it vibe. Just, it just is what it is. <laughs> but uh, the great thing about Motown is Motown has a sound, and if you check out Motown grooves, you're not going to get too, it's not too much variety in the grooves, like the, the four on the uh, four beats on the snare drum. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's a Motown groove, and the fills. and with the with the fills and with the uh, the tambourine. 
it's like and then it just grooves, man. And it's just super, super killing, man. Super killing. And they brought a lot of musicians from the Detroit Symphony Orchestra too. Oh, nice. So man. the oboe player came from out of there. Tears of a Clown. Uh, uh, I'm I'm being a horrible musician right now, but the bassoon player who's who made that line, mm-hmm. you know, all the horn parts. All that, like they they made a great living doing studio sessions and symphony work at that's that time. Up. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Yeah, like you know, that feels good too. Yeah, it's ta- like ta- come on, ta- you you can't go wrong <laughs> with that. Like no matter how many times you hear, you just start, you know. And that's what we're striving to do as as musicians. It's like when we play, at least for me, I can only speak for myself. Really, it's like I'm trying to make everybody groove. You know, I want everybody to feel like making babies after they hear me play. You know All what I'm right saying? Now. That's it's real serious. Rare raincoat, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> man, you know what? I want to take you to high school. All right. My when I was in high school, man. Oh man. Yeah. Check this. I think some girl broke up with me or something. I was like, just sitting on the floor of my room with some headphones on, just like, (laughs) man, she broke up with me. (laughs) You know, (laughs) probably broke up with me from one of the dudes that can dance. You know what I mean? Like, you know that that though they were like the cool dudes in school, man. You could dance, playing the drums wasn't that cool back then, man. Mm -hmm. You know, but it is what it is. Oh, then they gonna learn today. They gonna learn today. What does that mean to you, man? This this brings me back to to I don't know, just a simpler time. Mm-hmm. When things were just much more simple, and uh, well, no pun intended, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, when even like the 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 music at the time still had an enduring quality to it. You know, like, you can listen to this and it feels like it came out yesterday. Right, exactly, man. It's it's still fresh, you know. Yeah. I kind of feel like, you know, there's a lot of music out there today that's really great that's not getting the attention it deserves that has a similar vibe. So I don't want to sound like all our... Right, right, right. This isn't real music, you know, like... Right, no, it's, it's... it's great music out here today too, for sure. But the things that you hear on the radio, things that are popular, mm-hmm. I feel is more disposable. I mean, there's always been some disposable music. Oh, for sure. But it's just it's just more apparent that you know, okay, it has its time and its purpose. But you know, hey, like the, the two, 2016 was a great year for music. Yeah, man. And so Kendrick Lamar, of, J Cole. I mean, we had a lot of we had a lot Solange, of Solange. Solange, oh, her record's oh, dope. Oh you my, know? yeah. Uh, What's the one with the P Funk vibe now? Was that uh, Chance? Oh, Chance the Rapper. Yeah. Um, also, um, people are gonna hate me for this, but I actually like Justin Bieber's last record. A lot of people say, <laughs> you know, like I dug I that get, record. I can't get mad at you. There's a there's a vibe to it. It's you know? a vibe on that man. Mm-hmm. Like I can tell you know, hey, it is what it is. But you know, for me, every time I hear this 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 one right here. It's summertime in Mississippi. <laughs> I mean, I'm either in the eighth or the ninth grade. You know what I'm saying? And like I'm like walking in the neighborhood, going to my friend's house to play basketball, or like going to play football. You know, it just yeah. takes me back to that place. 
I had like this little white chow chow that was like crazy. <laughs> it's all out. My mom hated the dog. It, it was just like, you know, th- this period of my life was, was interesting because I was learning a lot of music and I was hanging out with my friends and playing baseball and football and basketball and like, you know, I'm like at school. I, I was just getting into getting into shenanigans, you know, with my friend Scott Johnson and Nate Henson and Russell Welch, like all of these people, hmm. people like this are like who are we're still friends today. You know, we we got into all sorts of adventures. You know, mm, adventures. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And it reminds yeah, me of this. You reminds know. me of like my boy Nate Sanders. Shout out to Nate Sanders. Yeah, you know, we had a crew in Justin Hope and uh, Scooby Doo. <laughs> Scooby Doo was a cat's name. Stephen Madison, Scooby motherfucking Doo. Oh my god, that all those cats, man, playing ball this summer. You know, like hey, Cub Scouts, right? Man, oh man, that's that, Ben. Yeah. We out here talking like we are. We not that old. We not. Though. No, we're not. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> we're just going down. We're just going back in back in time with y'all. Back down memory. Now man. check this one. Hello. Hello. I wish I was a little oh. taller. Now y'all know y'all know this one. <laughs> Hang on, lie. When I first heard this, I was like, "This is so cheesy," but I know it. Everybody knows it, you know. I'm gonna need you not to rap it though. <laughs> <laughs> So this is one of yours, man. You gotta it tell is. me about it. It is. Uh, so, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm a cool dude. You know, I like, to, I, I have my thing, but I'm also got my nerd corn element too, mm-hmm. and I can relate to the character that he is rapping about. Okay. And uh, and also like. Yo, that, that baseline is so bad. Okay, <laughs> it's so, so you, bad. I, I see. There's a theme here. It's a theme. It's a theme. Um, also, this song was the song that I played when I first went on the road to New York. Oh, word. this was the song. Yeah, but you, you mean driving here from Drive, Detroit? I had all my worldly possessions in my 2002 Ford Escape. Man, you was balling. Balling. <laughs> I had broke up with my my girlfriend. Oh man! On the phone, it's like, yo, I'm leaving for New York. You know this, like, it's time. That's it. It's over. You know, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and just like went on, the, just left. I it seemed apparently I couldn't leave fast enough because I got pulled over twice. By, oh damn! By people, I didn't get a ticket though. Okay, you time. smiled at the cops. You, they, it was all good. Well, this, well, back in the day, right? Right. right. Well. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, man. You know, this this song is the song of summer. It's a song of of freedom in a weird kind of way. Right. You know, it just evokes that that emotion in me. And hearing that hearing that baseline and just like okay, like you know, times are changing. Times are changing, baby. Yeah, it's a transition song for you. Transition really. song, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's you know. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> a curveball though for you. It, huh? it, it was a curveball. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting. It. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, "Damn, okay, cool, man." 
since we since we in a rap, I'm gonna show you what kind of rap I was into. I was a little bit more <laughs> tough than you. <laughs> At least in my imagination. That's alright, you don't know about seven mama. <laughs> <laughs> Played this with Brashay yesterday. He was like, "What is that?" Yeah, no, no. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't know, but today seems kind of odd. No barking from the dog, no small. And Mama cooked the breakfast with no harm. I got my grub bone, but didn't dig out. Finally got a call from a girl I wanna dig out. Hooked it up for later as I hit the door, thinking, "Will I live another 24?" Yeah, man, for me, this, this song is just like, it's just one of those songs, man. You know, my parents are divorced, so, you know, I spent some time, split some time between Mississippi and California. So, you know, a little part of me always was like, oh, I'm West Coast, dog. You know, like, you know, the whole West Coast. Yeah. You had to pick in back in the, at that time. You had to pick, like, either you was East Coast or you was West Coast, you know. And, and for me, I was West Coast. You hard. I was real, I was real tough, man, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is all before, for me, it was all before I got into jazz, like, you know. Like, uh, jazz was happening at my school, but I wasn't really that into it. I think I was still kind of playing violin and clarinet and all that or whatever. Yeah. Kind of before drums. And, uh, yeah, like, this song for me is just, like, it just signifies that time in my life. Of like, my parents are divorced. Like, okay, like, and, like, Tupac, I love Tupac, you know, like, Tupac was the man like when Tupac died dog I cried like that's how much I love Tupac mm-hmm. and that's when I stopped listening to hip hop hmm. like I stopped being a hip hop head I could say and then later on I got back into it but I started focusing more on like jazz and, and that kind of thing after that point so this this is a good one I don't know if you heard this coming up or not I, I've heard this a lot you, okay. I mean, you, you, you've picked probably one of the more sentimental songs of his you don't have to say anything about uh, well you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, for such a hard dude, right. you, know, you, you know, you get into your feelings a little bit, but you know, it's okay though, bro, it's all right. Right, right, that's funny. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I don't even think about that, like it is, it is like, you know, he's kind of just remembering what it's like to live in his mama's house and like mm-hmm. do that whole thing, you know. That's the thing, like you leave your mother's, like I left my mother's house when I was 18, I haven't been back, you know, mm-hmm. I never moved back home. So it, it, that, that's a serious thing, man. Let's switch gears on them, yo. <laughs> I know who that is. You want to tell him? This is, of course, Herbie Hancock. The Herbie Hancock. The Herbie Hancock. The man. Oh, man. You know, Herbie's interesting because he played all kind of music. Rockette, mm-hmm. you know, he was doing the electric thing, kind of funky hip-hop, super 
jazz with Miles Davis and then mm-hmm. Joni Mitchell letters. Like, man, he's played so much music. Turn out to hear this a little bit. Check this out. Now see, this, this song, oh my god, every time you, <laughs> this is probably one of the craziest solos I've ever heard on piano, just for the the breadth of mm-hmm. information and also the space that he uses. Mm-hmm. It's, he's always been about groove. Right, right, right. Always, always, always. I right. mean, even, even in, in the, in the beginning, you could think of it as in three, or you could think of it like an Afro-Cuban two. Right. Like, it kind of transformed. And, and also, this is Paul Chambers. Oh, okay. That's kind of deep. Think about that. Like, you would never think about someone, like, something so expansive as this whole album, Inventions and Dimensions, and then having, like, one of the straight, most straight-ahead, like, swinging cats you could think about. Right. But being able to be right there in there. Right, right. This is so. This is a very interesting departure away from mm-hmm. people would conceive of of Herbie's music of Paul Cha- of uh, Paul Chambers. And in many ways, it kind of reflected my attitudes towards music as well. Uh, I I remember listening to it a lot uh, in college, but I really went deep into it in grad school. I went to Manhattan School of Music, and we have this project where we're supposed to transcribe a solo, and I. I transcribed uh, the piano solo on bass. Oh, yeah. Whoa, shit. Yeah. Still have it, too. Can you play it, though? Don't try me. (laughs) I'll break your heart. (laughs) All right. You know what, man? I want to take you, since we're going to outer space, I want to take you to outer space. All right. Because this ain't outer space to me. Okay, it's inner space. But, okay, oh, shit. (laughs) Let's go to outer space now. This is my mentor, Alvin Filter. Hmm. Taught me everything I know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Alvin Phil to play drums. I had no idea. Well, it went for you, for everybody else. No, that job was for you. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you know, I met Al when I was in elementary school. So he came with a group to my elementary school, and they played this kind of stuff, you know. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who's the piano player? Uh, I think this is Joel Fromm on this on this. Uh, yeah, this is, is Joel Fromm on this recording, and, and Kid Jordan on saxophone. And, you know, Kid and Al are like best friends for life, and Joel Fromm has been in the group for a long time. All super cool dudes, man. And so I would go to Al's house and be like, "Man, you know, teach me how to play." He was like, "Man, you sad? Man, get out of here!" Like, you know, he, he would just—he was He's right, <laughs> that kind of guy, but. But he's full of love, man, and like we've been, we've known each other like all this time, and we still talk on the phone a lot. And that's beautiful. 
you know, in, and if I have questions about, you know, he's really into the stock market. So if I have questions about the stock market, I'll call him first. And, you know, anyway, it's him. And, and I want to play one more because they're connected. Uh, my other mentor, and his name is uh, Chad Anderson. Mm. And Chad was Al's last student because Al never said I was his student. Even he just was like Chad was my last student, so mm-hmm. I never quite made the made the cut made the cut to be a student. But uh, you know, it's kind of it's just one of those moments in my life. Like he, Al was very important. Here's Chad. Now, these two are my jazz daddies. Mm. <laughs> Chad plays drums. He's also a graphic designer. Teaches at a university in Alabama right now. Anyway, I I, I like this song. Chad is important for me because he, when I moved to New Orleans from Mississippi, he was the person who got me together mm-hmm. as far as drums go, you know, and mm-hmm. he wasn't even living there. He was, he would be on the phone with me, be on Skype. I would send recordings of myself practicing and he would be like, nah, man, you need to, you need to do this, you need to do that. And so I would do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he was in the trenches with me when I got fired I would call him and be on the phone about to cry like oh, I just got fired man what I'm supposed to do I got pay rent like you know yeah. like just that whole process of becoming the transition from being in college to being a professional musician and all yeah. of the trials and tribulations that you go through trying to figure out how you're supposed to do that you know and it's important to to have that kind of mentorship too I think um, as a working musician you know, it's easy for someone just to get good at an instrument and start playing, but it's really that mentorship that right. puts you to the next level because you, no one really knows what they're doing when they're doing right, it. Exactly. So, you, you know, having someone who's willing to kind of show you the ropes and, and, and guide you to be your best self, your best self as a musician, that's, that's what separates the men from the boys, the women from the girls, you know. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Let's change it up on him. <laughs> One day they came and took the communists, and I said nothing because I was not a communist. This is serious. Then one day they burned the Catholic churches, and I said nothing because I was born a Protestant. One day they came and took the unionists, and I said nothing because I was not a unionist. One day they came and took the people of the Jewish faith, and I said nothing because I had no faith left. Then one day they came and took me, and I could say nothing because I was as guilty as they were for not speaking out and saying that we all have a right to freedom. relevant exactly how relevant 
No. That, that dude wrote that poem in the 20s. He was a he was a German uh, uh, priest, yeah, an activist. Wow, and uh, well, th- I forgot who revamped it. I mean, it's different from the original version. Mm-hmm. The original poem is along the same lines, though. It's very much parallel. Right now, Mingus wrote this in what year? Do you know? I forgot, but this is a Mingus Big Band version. Um, and I brought this up because Mingus Big Band was the first concert I remember attending. Oh, uh, as as a kid, I was uh, nine years old. Uh, at the at the time, it was called the Montreux International Jazz Festival in Detroit. Okay, and it's a free concert, and uh, I remember hearing this band, and I remember begging my mother to spend the twenty dollars, you know, that she didn't have, but she found. She worked it out for you to get me that? this album. See that? That's a mama stuff right there. Oh man, my, nothing but mother's love. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I remember like getting that album. I still have the the cover to the original album that I bought for that. And I remember thinking like, I wanted to do that. I I didn't quite know what that was. Right, but you, that was it. That was it. Right, right, right. You know, but I mean, and keep in mind, I was into classical music, mm-hmm. so you know, I was already kind of. Uh, you know, malleable towards uh, music, of course. But hearing that, I was like, I I hear that it speaks to me, right, right. You know, and and then I would over the years I revisit it. I'm like, man, this is this killing, you know. Yeah. And then hearing the poem, you know, but but then, especially now in hearing that, I was just like, Lord have mercy. I mean, oh Lord, don't drop that bomb on me. You know what I mean? I mean, come on, right. <laughs> Yeah, so so that has a major, you know, significance to me. It's deep, man. You know, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this, man. I listened, you know, I was like, like, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's the good thing about sharing music with your friends too, because you're like, oh man, you you know, ah damn, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right, right. You start listening to it. Now, where should we go next, man? Oh, you know what? Now. Don't let it happen here. Don't let it happen here, Darian. Don't I'm not, don't worry. Now I want to take my audience. I want to take everybody. Let's go down to New Orleans, man. All right. Huh! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows Bourbon Street, but no one knows about Frenchman Street. You know what I mean? <laughs> So this is like the soundtrack of my life, like just this feeling, not this particular song, but just this feeling. You move to New Orleans, you're like, damn, what's that sound? Harold and Riley, you know, Shannon Powell, Jason Marcellus, like any random little boy on the street playing in a in a in a in a, in a damn brass band, and like damn, the footwork rhythms, like yeah, like this is you know because this is second line, the second line is a dance, you know, just y'all y'all vibe to this. That banjo's kind of bad though, Loki. Yeah, so you know, anyway, this. Woo, this is my. This is the. This is the rhythm that is underneath every rhythm that I play, and it will be for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because it embodies everything that I believe in, man. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the handkerchief, man? I, right. You know. <laughs> 
Bro, I thought so, you were serious. Well, listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> you know, it's. It, I wanted to play this one just to segue into the next one because I moved to New Orleans, mm-hmm. and for the for the express reason of playing with Ellis Marcellus. Mm-hmm. So this next song we're gonna we're gonna listen to is like you sought after him to play with him. Is no, that- it, it accidentally happened, you know. So this is kind of a long story, but mm-hmm. I was I was in New Orleans visiting a friend, my friend uh, Brent Walsh. We were best friends, and so you know I was there visiting him. We went to college together. He plays drums also, and I just so happened to sit in at this club called Snug Harbor with these cats, Ashlyn Parker on trumpet, and I, I think I can't remember who else was playing that night. But anyway. Uh, Delphio Marcellus was there and Delph was like hey man can you make this gig in a couple of days and I was like oh yeah man I can make it you know <laughs> and so I made the gig I get to the gig Ellis is on piano you know and so and it go, just goes from there man so you know and then next thing you know I'm in his band I'm, I mean I'm living in New Orleans you know so and uh, I loved every moment of living in New Orleans every moment the good, the bad, like all of it, I loved it, you know. Mm. And that's how I knew I had to leave because I loved it too much, and I would have never left. Mm. But check this Ellis one out, man. This is one. This is one everybody know. Hmm. <laughs> Swinging at the Haven. You know this one? Oh yeah. Just listen. I don't even gotta say nothing. I just love E, man, cause E, E just let me be sad, man. <laughs> <laughs> he just let me be terrible. It was great. The you key know, to mentorship is just letting people you mentor yeah. be sad. Yeah, he let and then me. you let them know how sad they are. He let me do it, man. It's all right, man. Now check this out. Has your things changed since then? A couple things, you know, but you know, I'm working at I'm working it out little by little, man. <laughs> so uh, anyway, let's word. I wanna I wanna take it to, to I wanna go to Miles with you. All your songs got these intros. Have you noticed that? Of course, <laughs> I love a good intro. See, let them know what's up. Right. <laughs> you know, for me, the most interesting about this recording is the fact that Miles Davis. It just reminds me, that, yo, Miles was a genius, man. Yo, creative like, just, yeah. genius. Yeah. Like, how do you conceptualize that a classical? Because the original song for this is um is uh really really beautiful uh it's a a three part suite uh by a spanish composer um it's a particular song is called concerto de, de arunjes and 
it's got so many textures and beautiful colors in it. And in its time when it was uh, composed, I mean, jazz was it. But, like, you didn't really hear it really cross over very much. But the way that classical cats did it was through, the like, how they organized the sounds and the, and the notes, mm-hmm. the, the chords. So, so for jazz artists to kind of do it again, kind of, like, take a classical piece that kind of took some jazz influence and then put jazz influence on that, it has a, a particular vibe on it. Um, and the reason why this has some significance to me is because my cousin uh, Christopher uh, gave that album to me when I was 10 years old on my 10th wow. birthday. Damn, he was hip. He was Your cousin was hip. <laughs> I love that dude, man. Wow. He got me hip to so much cool stuff, man. Wow. Like, yeah, he was he was he was that guy. Like my other cousin, his his brother, he was cool, great with magic tricks. Right, like, right, right, right. But but I would hang out with these guys and like play the PlayStation with them, and and then he, he gave me that for my birthday, and I kind of checked out when I got it, but I didn't really check it out until high school. And then I was like, oh, like this is this is it. Yeah, that has a major influence on how I conceptualize music too, because then that shows the possibilities as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just one way or another way. Right. You know. And you notice you have Paul Chambers in like two or three different situations and it's exactly. all still killing. It's all killing. Yeah. Versatile. Versatility, folks. Yo, I, I wanna go to a woman who's very important to me for because she taught me how to swing. And she taught me the importance of always having fun hmm. and always bringing the intensity. No matter what is happening. Her name is Miss Jermaine Basil. She's super bad. I, I had the great opportunity of being in her band for two years. And like I said before, I learned all of that from her, you know. And, mm. and you know, she's, I don't know how old Miss Basil is, but she she just was just consistently a beast. You, you know what I mean? So beast mode. For, for me, it was like being on stage with Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I've had that experience a couple times with a few people, Jason Marcellus being another one. Who, no matter what the situation, Sullivan Fortman, they they always is is popping. Like they come at level ten. That's the only level that they perform at. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I learned that from her because mm. I would, you know, I would be sleepy. I would have been drinking too much with my friends. I would have been doing all this, you know, it's New Orleans. I would have been doing whatever. But and before she got on stage, maybe the music would be at six. The moment she stepped on stage until the moment she stepped off, the music was on ten. 
and we played we played a lot man over those mm. two years and how was, old were you um i was in new Orleans. this was like five six years ago mm. so you know 20s but yeah man anyway she, she, you know, I don't really have nothing else to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Symphony number no. two in C minor, Mahler. Mm. Interesting, you picked the. Uh, I told the you second I, movement. Yeah, I should have said the last one. See, you give yeah. me no specific. See, but this is this is killing too. Phrasing, man. Yeah. Mahler was the king of phrasing. Mm-hmm. Melody and phrasing. And uh, this is... So, <clears throat> this particular symphony... Now, see. I, I, in the back of my head, I, I, I wrote it, but I didn't write it. But the last movement of that symphony... Like, I had many spiritual moments mm-hmm. listening to it. It is powerful. It is big. It is loud. It is voracious. It is it's perfect. And the thing is, I played it. So when you play it and you have offstage horns and you have that moment in the sea of other musicians and you, sh- you have this communal experience of sharing music and playing music, Right, right. Oh, that's that's where music is at, man. That's that's the vibe. That's that's why we play. That's why we play. That's why we play. And so that I don't know how many times I've heard that. I've put that on repeat and just sit in the back seat of the car, just like, oh, right, because right. you know I'm just melting in my seat, you know, and um, and it's called the Resurrection Suite for a reason. Let's put it that way. Oh wow, okay. That's deep. It has a choir, a humongous choir, for just one movement. Wow. Let's just listen to a few more seconds of this. Yeah. I'm gonna get home. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so I'm gonna take we're gonna go back to my time in New Orleans. I had to well we have this collective band, it's called The Session. And uh I guess about two years ago now we recorded this record live at Snug Harbor and uh of Gundam Wing. Do you remember you remember this cartoon? It was anime. It's called Gundam Wing. Anyway, so we did the music of Gundam Wing. So I want to play one now from that from that recording, and it's called uh, "Peace Is Broken." Mm. Time is running out. Your anime got some killer music. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
dig that. I dig that. <laughs> I dig that. And then we got into the jazz thing, you know. Open, open up, baby. We opened it right on up. <laughs> That's Stephen Lance on trumpet, Jason, Andrew, and me on drums. But anyway, it's, this is recording or just band is important because all these dudes are my brothers. And like, I know when I moved to New York, I was looking for that brotherhood once more. And then eventually I found it. It took me a, a year or two to get to it. And, you know, I got you, met you, and Corey, and, you know, Chris McBride, and all the rest of the, the cast of characters. And, uh, so when I hear this, I remember what I had there. And mm-hmm. all those dudes are still my brothers, you know, we're still close friends. And now what I'm building here in that transition of how those two things merge, you know. Especially too, because when you're friends like this on you can play music a certain way. Mm. And so I was longing for that my first two years in New York City, first year and a half, to kinda of like find some people who I could play and be myself with, you know. And that's important. Yeah. Just to be yeah, just to be yourself. Yeah, man. I want to play. I want to play somebody's record. I want to see if you know who this is. Right. Put me on Front Street now. I fall in love too fast. Or I fall in love too easily. Who is this? This is Chris. <laughs> you got to that quick. This, this is our friend, the Christopher McBride. We affectionately call him McBrizzle. McBrizzle. McBreezy. Yeah. But anyway, I wanted to give Chris a shout out because I just really like his record, man. Word. You know? And and so I was just going through and picking some music for this thing. And I was like, man, you know, Chris's record is pretty dope, man. Y'all should buy it. Word. Y'all should go to iTunes right now and buy Chris McBride. Christopher McBride. Find him on Facebook. Find <laughs> Noah Jackson on Facebook. Find me on Facebook. Buy all our records. You got a record out? I do have a record out. It's called Contemplations A Sweet. You need to put your own record on your list. They'll find a way. Alright, what's it called again? Contemplations a sweet contemplations a sweet listen i'll play i'll put it in a a link below so y'all can check it it's funny because the way i played then is a little different than what i played now but the essence is still there hey listen man you can't do nothing but be yourself you dig let's listen to one more years one more mind we'll wrap things up wonderful record is iconic for me the funny thing is man you know i didn't really find out about this record it took you know it was after college jason marcellus told me about this record mm-hmm. and, you know we were, we were at a gig and, and we were on break and he was like yeah man you gotta check this uh you know this oliver nelson record you know and i was like oh 
okay i never heard it you know i never heard of that he was all right so you know i went home that night two in the morning you know what you just said it's like oh shit, <laughs> you know <laughs> probably text him before and was like damn nigga this shit's bad man. <laughs> yo so yeah i picked this song because this is this reminds me of my undergrad mm-hmm. um i had this fantastic teacher my freshman year who also happened to be a former classmate of mine Going back to like, oh yeah, okay, mi- like middle school. Well, he was a couple years ahead of me. This, is the, of course, none other than the fantastic Chris Johnson. All right, Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson, trumpet player. He's out there uh, running the department over at the University of uh, Utah now. Oh, we're Jazz nice. Public. But uh, man, he uh, he told us, and and also my mentor Rodney Whitaker had told us that if you transcribe every song on this album, then you'll know how to make arrangements. Oh, wow. And turns out, like, it's very much true. I mean, Chris basically took in, uh, the record and, and like, made arrangements out of it. And, mm-hmm. I mean, he's I mean he's killing. But, right. like, on top of that, Oliver Nelson is killing with that. And it's complete. All the songs just feel complete. Right. And they have this little element of that that thing that right. pulls you in. So, I mean, I mean, I probably played the ad nauseum through college, just right. just going through that. But that's also swinging. It's got it's yeah. got a little bit of everything, man. It's complete. All the boring days at work because I used to work in college at the cafeteria, you know, chopping up vegetables or cleaning dishes, whatever. I put that on and get transported. I mean, right, <laughs> man. Oliver Nelson, so, man. So much music, man. It's funny because we're we're wrapping it up now, and and I'm just thinking like I got so much more music on this list, but yeah, I mean we'll be here all night, yes, you know, and and y'all will be bored as fuck because <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to play, I want to play one more from, and I'm trying to decide who it is, but I think I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna end it on some jazz because like we love jazz and that's what it is what it is. We didn't get to a whole lot of hip hop. I love hip hop too, mm-hmm. and, but I want to end things on this one right here. I can get it to play. You probably never heard this. You don't know what I listen to? Yeah, you're right. Not wrong, though. Nice drum set though. Yeah, I like that. I like that in the mix. You, you like you like the way it sounds. 
Yeah. yeah, see, this is none other than the great Jason Marcellus. Mm. So, you know, he's a bad dude, man. He writing all this crazy stuff. He's a rank. Yeah, man. Like, I just grew up listening. I, I learned about this. I think I was in high school when I checked this record out for the first time. I think, because I think this is Year of the Drum. No, this is Music in Motion. Okay, so this was a little later. But anyway, this record is, is just like... Just listening to Jason, because I would always go hear Jason, like, you know, like, man, he was like, the way he mastered the instrument always blew me away. Yeah. You know? And actually, I just saw him last week up here with uh, Marcus Robertson. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were Was just, he on vibes at that time? No, no, no. no. Drums. No. She was on drum set. So, you know, he was just killing it. You know, and he actually gave me an opportunity to play in his vibes quartet while I was living in New Orleans, you know, and I learned a lot, you know. And, mm. and, and he was another person, because his music was hard, you know. And like he would just let you be sad, just laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my so. first experience checking out Jason actually was with uh, John Ellis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, with Double Wide. Double Wide. Yeah. I really like that band. It's a weird band, but I love it. It's great, right? It's yeah. It's, it's like funky circus music. Funky circus music. Like, I don't exactly. really know what else to call it because it's like it's just so it's dope. It's you know, and, and and he he has the perfect ideas. Like every right. time he plays, it's just like right. It's simple. But it's right in there and it's perfect. Yeah, I love that. But remember hearing Jason in that group, I was like, "Oh, okay, I dig it." That's that's why the drums sound familiar to me in that. In that. Oh yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, sure. "Oh, wait a second, that's right." That's some bad writing, though. Yeah, man, that's some bad shit. Man, listen. Hey, thanks for coming on the Working Arts Project, man. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Did, you know. Today, today was probably one of the most fun shows I've done so far, just because we got to listen to music and you know we're so close, and, and it was just natural. So mm -hmm. you know, hopefully we can do this do this more often. I get you in here as, as a guest host. You can you can host it in my stead when I'm gone, or, <laughs> or we can do some co-hosting things with some people and see see what happens, man. That'd be lovely. Y'all give it up, Mr. Noah Jackson, Action Jackson, in the <laughs> house today, and. Uh, yeah, so we'll see y'all next time. Later. Peace. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to The Working Artist Project. But before you go, I just need you to do one more thing. Don't forget to hit the like button, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. You can also reach me at DarianDouglas.com. Just when you get there, just go to the contact page, drop me a line. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know if you like the podcast. I want to know if you want to hear certain topics. Whatever it is, just let me know. Let me know what it is, and I'll, I'll do my best to make it happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I forget, also, you can catch me on Facebook by typing in The Working Artist Project, uh, or you can just type in Darian Douglas. I'm looking forward to connecting with you. Later.